saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Advanced Memorial Presbyterian Church Choir under the direction of Mrs. Debbie Briding. Thank you. Um, 
there are many visitors here with us today, so just know that um, it's not our typical service to have only piano music here. Um, our organ is, is out with its buddies right now. Um, we are in, in the process of, of revitalizing our organ. It will be back with us on Easter Sunday, so if you're a person who really likes that kind of music, come see us at Easter because it's going to be rocking the joint with all new sounds and uh, new pipes and uh, actually a new console. It's going to be very exciting for us. So um, just wanted you to know that. So we are turned now to Isaiah 6. If you listen closely to Isaiah 6, what you hear is the outline for a worship service. Um, and I've preached on this before, so I'm not going to do it anymore today, but this is Isaiah 6, starting at the first verse. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphis, seraphs sorry, seraphs, were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. And with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts, the, the whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until the cities lie waste without inhabitant and the houses without people and the land is utterly desolate. Until the Lord sends everyone far away, and vast is the emptiness in the midst of the land. And even if a tenth part remain in it, it will burn again. Like an oak tree whose stump remains standing when it is felled, the holy seed is its stump. And sticking with Luke today, we hear a miraculous story. I hope it blows your mind. 
Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was passing in on, pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he got in one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Pull out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever heard someone say something like, if God would only do miracles today the way God did in Bible times, I'd believe them. I got to tell you, that's backwards. Today, I'm going to suggest to you that what we ought to say instead is, because God does miracles today like God did in Bible times, I believe them. A miracle is, by definition, a supernatural event that seems inexplainable by natural or scientific law. Right? Jesus walks on water. It defies gravity. It defies what we know about water. If you try to stand up in water, you sink. And yet, we have a story of Jesus walking on the water. There are some 40 miracles recorded in the Gospels. And they usually come in one of three ways. They're either exorcisms when demons are removed from people. Their healings, you know, somebody has leprosy and Jesus heals them, somebody's blind and Jesus heals them, somebody is um, the woman that had an issue of blood, Jesus healed her. We know the healing stories well. And then there are the stories of 
natural wonders. Jesus walks on water. Jesus calms a storm. You know, miracles. Things you can't explain. Things that don't make any sense. Things that are hard to understand. There's been a poll recently where it says that 90% of evangelical Christians believe in miracles. Believe, in fact, that miracles still exist. I think that's amazing because in mainline Christianity, one of the things that we have fought about for the last several decades is, first of all, what's a miracle? And second of all, how do we believe them and how do we explain them? For evangelical Christians, it doesn't seem to be such a thing. But here's the thing. Evangelical Christians understand that God still does miracles today. Now, just about now, usually in the midst of a sermon like this, somebody pops up from the back and says, yes, but my mother was sick and suffered for years, and God didn't heal her. Y'all, we've talked about this. I can't explain that. I don't know why that is. I know what the Bible says, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, that some things bad, sometimes bad things do happen to good people, and sometimes, for some reason that we don't know, God may not heal your lovely, sick mother. I don't know why. I'm sorry that's the case. And someday when we all get to sit and meet with God, I want to be there to hear the explanation. But here's the thing I do know. God still intervenes in the life of God's children. Miracles do happen even today. We just need to open our eyes and look for them. Sometimes God does heal people of their sickness. Sometimes God does restore an addict from a life of sorrow. Sometimes God does bring marriages back together. Sometimes God does restore our finances. Sometimes God does I don't know. What do you need? God stands with us. That's what God does. Now, Ann Robinson's here today. One of the gifts that Ann Robinson gave me was introducing me to a video series called The Chosen. And um, 
it was an, I watched the first part with her Bible study, and um, for the first seven of a man would say something to me like, well, do you like it? And I'd say, I'm not sure yet. I wasn't convinced until the last of the first, first year of the series, um, which is the woman at the well. And when you see that, there is such joy in that that it convinced me that the whole series is worth watching. If you ever want to see somebody who has joy in their life with God, watch The Chosen, season one, episode eight. But when this part, this story happens in that lovely series, Jesus is preaching on the shore and the people are pressing in on him and Simon brings his boat in and they start to wash the nets and do their thing. And Jesus, the order is a little out of whack in this, but Jesus says to Simon, go, go out and catch, catch fish. Go cast your nets out. And he says, you're out of your mind, dude. Not, I mean, not really, but that's basically what he's saying. He said, we already washed up the nets. We're done for the day. We don't want to get this stuff out again. We've been fishing all night. There's no fish to be had. And, and the beauty of the chosen is that Jesus looks at Simon and he goes... If you're not paying attention, you miss it. But he looks like on the sly. And they go out and they try. And their boats are so full, they almost sink. And then Peter does this thing where he falls at Jesus' feet because he is so amazed. His mind is so blown at the fact that this man standing before him has shown him a miracle. And the first thing he does, because he believes, is that he offers his boat to Jesus so Jesus can sit out a little ways in the sea and tell people his story. It's easier to hear from out there. He reaches more people out there. And the story spreads better. And there, there's somebody in here who's saying, yeah, and if, if Jesus did that today, I'd believe it. I read on Facebook last night, this was, a, by the way, until this moment, this was a sermon searching for an ending story, and last night I found it. There is a woman in my home church who has had a troubled life. She lost her driver's license due to her addiction. And I don't feel bad telling you that. If she were here, she'd tell you herself. And at that low point, she decided to get her life back in order. 
She started taking care of her family. She started taking care of herself. She started to get her mind and heart around what she needed to do. She recommitted herself to her God and her church. And this past weekend, she has opened that church up for anyone who is too cold where they have been. They had tables full of food. They had games for kids. They had everything the place could need to be a warm and welcoming center for people to come. Now, I will tell you that she was only able to do this because somebody in that congregation had bought her a car once she got her driver's license back. And she used that gift to gift other people. And because of all of that, she became a witness to Jesus in that community. Friends, here's the thing. We're looking for miracles that blow our mind. I want to tell you that God touching the life of that woman so that she might touch the lives of other people is a miracle. It is the presence of God right in our midst affecting people in this world, opening hearts and minds and demonstrating the love of God. Oh, dear ones, miracles still happen. We just got to know where to look for them. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Amen.